Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Comics Evolve, where we discuss all things around comics, media, culture, with your hosts, Andy, Jarian, and Alex. Welcome to Comics Evolve, myself, Andy Stead. And I'm Jarian Gibson. And I'm Alex Stroud. And we are going to try and speed the pleasantries up today because we have got so much to talk about after uh, Loki Season 2, Episode 4. Um, Alex, I know you haven't been well, but you're soldiering on. You're here today. How are you? I'm good. I'm I'm hanging in there. I'm here. So, <laughs> you know. So. Hanging in there. Good man. Good man. Jaren, how are you? Good. Um, I'm back home for now. So, you know, back in my usual spot, as you can tell, my background, you know, uh, yes. doing good. Just... Uh, Getting back in, you know, getting caught up on things at the house since I've been gone for a few weeks. Nice, nice. Good stuff, good stuff. Um, well, the only thing I was going to bring up before we talk about Loki was I watched a plane um, at the weekend. Gerard Butler and Mike Coulter, who played Luke Cage. Mm-hmm. It, it's actually really good. Like, I, I mean, I like a Gerard Butler action movie anyway. Like, I loved all the um, Has Fallen series. You know, they're just great. It's just great action. That, that's all. You know, you know what you're getting. The lines are cheesy, um, you know, the acting is what you'd expect. But, I mean, there's some big guys in there. Aaron Eckhart and, you know, um, Angela Bassett was in there and Morgan Freeman's in there and obviously Gerard Butler himself. Some huge, big, huge actors in there. But, you know, this plane is, is is great. And Mike Coulter, like I say, he played Luke Cage and he was excellent in this. He's, he's um, wouldn't necessarily say he's beefed up anymore, but he seems to have leaned out and packed on more muscle. He's always been a big guy, yeah. But he was he was quite muscular. And he, do you remember me saying that the only reason I kind of didn't like him as Luke Cage because he wasn't mean enough? Do you remember mm-hmm. me saying he wasn't sort of sturdy? He was like quite soft. In this, he's really mean. Like he's got this mean face. <laughs> he's not a mean character necessarily. He's just got this like I'm hard. Do you know what I mean? I'm hard as nails. And I was like, yes there he is there's luke cage you know but um yeah good fun good bit of action i actually watched mike coulter in a show i think it was called Monsterland, not too long ago and uh he he has like just one episode and it's about him like having his daughter go missing and him never giving up on his daughter like never being found or anything and man he played like a very emotional role in that and that was so weird to me because like i don't think i've ever seen mike coulter play a super emotional role um but yeah um he did a really good job in that show as well yeah i quite like him actually now i've seen him in something other than luke cage i think i like him a little i like him more you know mm-hmm. um yeah he, he I mean, was in a, a season of american horror story too so really long time ago like the third season but cool i've been wanting to see that movie so i'm, I'm glad to hear that you liked it it's good it's good fun Jerry. it's good fun you know what you're getting um I, I, it's quite predictable, I guess, as a, as a, as it, but it's an action movie. Most action movies are predictable, aren't they? You know, you want good action, you want a bit of suspense, um, and and you get that. So you you get what exactly what you sign up for is is what I look at it. You know, you know what you're signing up for when you go in and watch one of those movies, and you get it. So that's great. Um, without any further ado, should we get on with this? Because we've got so much here to talk about after that uh, episode of Loki. Um, I mean, what a great episode. Uh, you, you guys will both know, and I think I've probably come across it. It's episode two, episode three. I was kind of like, I like it and I'm watching it. And I really enjoyed the first episode. Loved it. And this one, I was like, yes, 
here we go. This is what we're talking about. And I'm not just talking about, about that big ending either. You know, obviously the big ending, we'll get to that. But there was other great moments in the show. That whole, um, the whole sort of um, paradoxical bit with, you know, we, we kind of called it, didn't we? I think a lot of people called it there. It would be Loki pruning himself. But that was fantastic. And seeing that play out and actually seeing that pay off, you know, after the sort of theory that everyone sort of had was just beautifully and beautifully done as well. I thought the whole thing was was just excellently edited and then excellently executed by by Tom Hiddleston. I, I stood up and clapped, I think, at two <laughs> points in this episode, like just me alone in the room. Just like I, it was like I was at a basketball game and I was like super into it. You know, I stood up and I was just like clapping my hands together like that is how you make an episode. And one of them was when they're having that dialogue back and forth and Loki's trying to explain to Sylvie that hope is hard and like it's easier to just burn things down but like hoping and wanting to make things better that's hard and that's easy destroying everything but it's harder having hope and trying to work towards something and that comes right before you know the line of like we are gods God. when she's like you know you're you're trying to play God and he's like we are gods and I thought that was like a really awesome like set of dialogue in that episode. And the other one was what happened to Victor. I was just like, wow, I was not expecting it to go that way. You know, that felt like a trap. And, and OK, so until I saw today's teaser uh, teaser for episodes five and six, it felt like the whole thing with Victor Timely was a trap, right? That he had to ha that had to be happened or that had to happen for them to actually break the timeline more for all the variants to happen. Because think about it. Remember in Quantumania, when Scott was in the probability storm and all the Ant-Man variants? It felt like that moment before I saw today's teaser that got released before we recorded. It felt like he had to do that for all the other Kang variants to exist. But also it's reminiscent of the same thing with Reed Richards and, and Multiverse of Madness. Similar thing, the whole spaghetti thing. You know, we've seen it a couple of times now in the MCU because... That whole time when he was in the room with uh, Renslayer and Miss Minutes uh, and Brad, was it? In the room. It felt like we didn't hear all that conversation. And maybe Miss Minutes was kind of trying to tell him, like, hey, you have to, you know, have your destiny here to make sure everything else comes to fruition. But even before that, I felt like we were, we were going through two different time loops, right? We had the first time loop at the beginning of the season up until this point. Now I feel like now that I've seen the teaser... There's a bigger time loop happening, right? Because we see Loki with Mobius, him in the shop with the ATVs. Um, we see some pictures of, of Sylvie. We see Victor timely is back and looks like they're trying that whole scenario over again. It's almost like we're about to experience the bigger full second time loop of season two before we, you know, and the sacred timeline is still there before we get that big fracture that we haven't seen yet in the sacred timeline. And then all the variants start popping out. It feels like. Yeah, I um, uh, yeah, that, like you say, there's, there's that loop theme, isn't there? That that he's running through this this series quite heavily. Snake eating its own tail. Yeah, okay. this is it. Yeah, um, we've got uh, we've had a couple of loops already. We've seen how the um in episode one, the Ob and Loki conversation where he goes back, he's time slipping, you know, and the, the sort of the past affects the future, and the future affects your past, um. That, you know there's some other great movies around that same theme I, we've, we've spoken about one in the group before predestination with ethan hawk uh, if you've not seen that movie get out and watch that movie because it kind of explains the the whole um it's called the bootstrap paradox where it's it's just this kind of 
constant loop and a decision in the past affects the future but then that has to you have to come back round again to affect the, the future you know and that's exactly what we're seeing now um so yeah really really like you said Joe, maybe we've got these small moments these small loops and then larger loops as well mm -hmm. yeah i mean like i don't know if either of you have ever watched the show 12 monkeys mm -hmm. i know they made a movie i have not seen the movie but i watched the tv show and it felt like that show had a lot of this like it was a constant spinning loop that you would think that the loop was completed and somehow we would end up with them going to another point in time almost and messing with things and changing something else and it was just like you know you're almost like when does this loop end you know it's it's you don't really know that there was somebody there impacting another event until later on in the show that cause you know even something in the past to go smoothly or something you know it's it's very interesting how all that works it is it's, there's uh, you know there's there's lots of movies that like that looper does that i think uh, mm -hmm. interstellar interstellar does it a little bit as well oh, yeah um and there was another one uh tenet as well that kind of does it in a in a strange way as well but um yeah the, the i love i love all that kind of stuff i think that's the greatest way to to look at time travel and i'm still thinking that i don't i don't think that timely going into the loom was a trap i don't think he kind of knew what was going to happen and maybe he kind of sensed that it was like i don't think i think he was quite naive at that point i still mm -hmm. think he was quite naive but i think he kind of knew that something would happen if he did it and it like you said joe maybe he had this kind of idea of what his destiny was and his destiny was to go and do this and that kicks off all of the that's maybe his aura being you know Yep. into all the timelines exactly there, there was there was just a small little part of me that was like thinking to myself what if this was all like part of a plan to like remove more variants from the equation and this was like you know like that tv show a thousand ways to die but a thousand ways <laughs> of nathaniel richards time where like we just see different variants of him like die throughout this show or like you know a reference being killed and like it was a weird kind of twist how miss minutes kind of just like jumped to like we don't need him like yep. you know like just out of nowhere like she in the previous episode wanted to be with victor and then now she's like you know oh we don't need him we can just move on and miss minutes got really evil and psychotic in this episode like well yeah that moment that was unreal i mean her yeah. face i mean like Renslad didn't really want to do it but she just kind of went along with it mm -hmm. miss minutes wanted to do that mm -hmm. oh she was like, smiling she, yeah she enjoyed it yeah mm -hmm. That she was, was like insane. Ultron on another level <laughs> at that yeah. point. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like, like I think like I said to you, didn't I, Jerry? Like, I think like Ultron did what he had to do. Like he felt like he had to do. It this was necessary. Because, yeah. Yes, this is it. When Miss Minutes, it's almost like fun for her, you know. Um, mm -hmm. But I do still think I, I do still think that um, she's playing a game for like he who remains his game because she does say to him, she does say to Timely, "You'll never be him." Yeah. At one point. Um, so I still think that this is he who remains his ultimate plan to like complete that loop. Um, but going back to something you was just saying, Alex, obviously that's like the third time we're, we're told like Kang is this like, oh, he's the big bad and he's going to, you know, we've seen him die three times already. <laughs> we've seen him die quantum mania, <laughs> Loki season one, and we've seen him die again. All we're seeing him is just like, we're just seeing him die all the time. Mm -hmm. Do you, do you think, remember in season one where um loki and sylvie were in the citadel before they killed him and he said we just passed the threshold do you think this loop is going to come back to that threshold moment or right there because like i said i, I feel like there's a larger loop that's going to happen here and you just saying that with uh, miss minutes saying you'll never be him as part of his plan it's like 
this is like you know all part of that whole loop that larger loop that seems like it's going to happen because mm-hmm. we're going to get back to that point you know we know we're going to get back to that point i'd quite yeah. like to see us come back round to see some points in season one actually i think that'd be really cool to see us mm-hmm. sort of revisit some points in season one whether they can do that in two episodes or not i don't know Mm-hmm. Also, to be interesting to see since they, uh, since since you know the whole thing with the power outage and them having to fix things, they took the magic dampeners down, and Sylvia was able to control Brad and had her, you know, had him um, prune Renslayer. Yeah. You know what's going to happen with that? We know she's going to probably she's going to be in the void, but are we going to see the void again this season with her in the void and mm-hmm. see something else in, in the void? Also, that's something I want to wonder is going to happen in five and six episodes as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it was really interesting when they took the magic dampeners down because you know Loki and Sylvia are like, take them down. Yeah. Like, they like freak <laughs> out, like you know, like we can do so much, like with our powers, like. And I think it's like one of those things where like now the TVA is a little bit different now, right? Like Loki can use his magic there, so I'm interested to see how how long that goes. And you know, we see Miss Minutes go down in this episode. And she goes down when they take that off and everything. And, you know, she has that really, like, almost evil line that she, like you just mentioned, like, you'll never be him right before she basically, like, goes offline. And, uh, yeah, I feel like going into the next episode, it's like I'm almost terrified to see her come back online. (laughs) Because, you know, like, I'm sure at some point she's going to come back on unless they leave her down for the rest of the show while they try and figure out what they can do. Because, like... Technically, she's kind of rogue right now, you know? Like, she's kind of doing what she wants to do. And I feel like she's kind of pitting everybody against each other. Like, that's kind of what she did with Renslayer. And I feel like this is her goal, is to cause a divide and separate everybody. Do you think this is probably one of the better episode four um, in Marvel series? Because usually episode four is kind of the filler development episode. This feels like a very pivotal episode in a series, and usually we don't see that in episode four in the Marvel series. What do you guys think about that? I'm just trying to think what episode fours have been. Was it was episode four of Falcon and Winter Soldier not the episode where uh, where um, U.S. agent decapitated that guy with the was, shield? Was that four? Or was it it very... might be. I can't yeah. remember if I'm honest. So um, I, I think the Moon, the Moon Knight one was episode five. I think was the big one with the asylum, asylum part. Asylum yeah. The only so I'm going to take this away from Marvel for a second. The only episode four that I really specifically remember it being episode four was Lost season one of episode uh, season one episode four of Lost, and that was the season you found out that Locke. Uh, that was the episode you found out that Locke was in a wheelchair. That was the one where it was all about time, well, not time travel, the whole thing was about time travel in a way. But that was the one where you go back to his past and you see in all these clips where you're not seeing him walking, but you don't actually click until the very end where he gets wheeled out on a wheelchair. And then you're like, oh, wow, he was in a wheelchair the whole time and now he's not and the island's magic. So I don't know about Marvel, but I've always had a thing about episode fours because of that one show. I've always got episode four is going to be awesome. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, don't, I can't, I can't remember off the top of my head what episode fours have been, so I can't comment on that, I'm afraid. So so I think episode four in The Falcon and the Winter Soldier was that episode where John Walker kills that guy in front of everybody and everybody like films it. And it's right after I think Battlestar dies in that episode. Um yes. his his partner or whatever, and John Walker just snaps and jumps out the window and chases him down. That was a great episode four. But I think this was one of the best episode fours of probably any Marvel show and probably one of the best episodes of any Marvel show I've seen, to be honest. 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, I'd have to watch it again. I mean, I really enjoy it. I mean, you you guys know I'm not the hugest fan of Mood Night. I didn't dislike it, but it was, certainly wasn't my favourite. But that episode of Asylum was, without doubt, one of the best things I've seen on television for a long time. So I'm not sure where this would sit against that, but it's, it's, it's there or thereabouts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think... Moon Knight would have been a lot better if they made the, the connection with Rama Tut and, and instead of not doing that. I think that would have brought things more whole. But yeah, I think, yeah, I have to go back and watch that Asylum episode, but I still think it's one of the the big things there, so, in the episodes, mm-hmm. or in the series. My my favorite episode of Moon Knight was when he fights that jackal and impales mm. it on that steeple. Yeah, man, yeah. I thought that was awesome. And I was like, man, like if this is just like a little bit of taste of like what we're gonna get in the future of this show, then like, man, I'm all for it. And then I did not feel like the rest of that show went with that same kind of energy almost to me. So I felt like, you know, that was like that's one of my favorite moments in a Marvel TV show I've seen because it's just so awesome and like epic and it's kind of dark. And, uh, you know, like, I don't really feel like we kind of got that same kind of momentum I felt like in the rest of that show. So that's why I was not disappointed by Moon Knight, but, you know, I just don't really know how I feel about it. So, yeah, I get you. I get you. Um, so bringing it back to Loki, um, <laughs> we see, uh, obviously the, the, the end did. Yeah. So this, this big flash at the end, the TVA's blown up, the loom's blown up. And uh, as we said, Jorian, there was this, um, uh, trailer released for the last two episodes, although it did have some footage from the first four episodes in or it. Or is that well. a loop, though? Is that part of the or loop? Or is that happening? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, that'd be really interesting. So we've kind of got a little bit of an idea, and I think again, most people's theories that we had, or the ideas that people had, that the that everyone was going to kind of be put back into their timeline, um, and Loki was going to be time slipping through and trying to kind of um, get everybody together again to go and redo whatever they were needed to redo that looks like that's what's going to happen we see um owen wilson's mobius doing his jet ski salesman job finally um we see uh b15 as uh she looks like a doctor or a nurse or something like along that. Well, she's an actress because look at she was in brad's time it must look like she had a dress that one shot on her she had a dress on looked like she might have been an actress might be in the same era as brad yeah potentially yes yeah, yeah. there was a, there was a uh, i did see a movie clip there and then yeah. we saw Casey as well who looked like he was sort of a prisoner somewhere or maybe sort of struggling in a, some sort of situation that's going to be really interesting because his character's almost comic relief to the whole show isn't he and he's very sort of um sort of uh you know um nice cute kind of character and we're obviously he's got some sort of dark place on the timeline which is going to be um quite interesting to to visit this probably won't happen but it would be a complete like mind screw if Casey ends up in the asylum where Moon Knight was. <laughs> that would Imagine. be that would be a, a great pull in right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was really interesting too that Renslayer offers every, everybody that would help her a place on the sacred timeline if they wanted to. So it's kind of like you've got an out now if you just help me complete my mission and my goal. And that's something that I feel like nobody so far in the TVA has had an option for, which is just now to go live a life and, you know, kind of forget about all that. And yeah, I mean, it's interesting. And speaking of Renslayer, how, we've, oh, go ahead. I was going to say how Matrix was that, you know, how Agent Smith and Cypher was that, you know, um, reinsert me into the Matrix. I want to be somebody important, like an actor. You know, that's mm-hmm. exactly what uh, Cypher says, isn't it, in the Matrix. And that is 
like almost identical to this situation. But I was talking about Renslayer. So the very start of the episode, we find out that he remains basically Dennis system Renslayer, right? You know, he, he, they had the relationship there. She was leading the army to, of, you know, to defeat everyone. She commanded his army. You know, she's like, let's go back to the TVA. That whole recording we heard about, you know, for all time, always that conversation. We saw that point. She goes back to the TVA and he's like, wipe all their minds. Uh-huh. You know, so yeah, definitely we saw the the whole context of that conversation and that whole comic book thing of Renslayer and King being involved. Well, in this story, it's he remains and Renslayer being involved. Why do you think he did that? Why do you think he had all their minds wiped? Certainly Renslayer's like, maybe he could have wiped the sort of the grunt's minds as such, but he's main commander. Like, do you think he, do you not think he would have wanted to keep her a bit closer or do you think there was another alternative? Alex looks like he's coming in here with something. So I was thinking about this a lot because it kind of bothered me, right? Because it feels like it's kind of like going back and forth here because you hear Timely say he doesn't do partners. You've heard other like, you know, I feel like that's kind of he who remains kind of thing, right? Like he he doesn't do partners. But at the same time, we see the Council of Kings and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, that's kind of like partners, right? Like, I mean, they're working together. I mean, like in a way, but I feel like Kang, Counts, the Council of Kings is going to be one of those things where it's like, everybody's going to be using other variants to get what they want and then axe them and remove them. And I feel like the Kang, the Conqueror variant that was stuck in the quantum realm was sent there because nobody could really get what they wanted out of him. He was just ruthless. Yeah. Yeah, So they just wanted to get rid of him. Like he's a problem, get rid of him, remove him from the equation. But I feel like with timely with he, who remains, it was one of those things where they don't trust anybody, even themselves. So they don't want to work with partners. So, you know, like they, he got what he needed out of Ravona, which was for her to help him win the war. Then he sent her back to be in command of the TVA and then was like, all right, like, you know, wipe her mind. So I'm the one that's in control and she just does what I want her to do, basically. But and, he also yeah. kept her close too because she was still pretty much, because she was a, a judge, wasn't she in the TVA? Uh, mm-hmm. What was her role before? So yeah, she, she was, was still. Yeah, she was still pretty important in the TVA. It, it's almost like maybe he put her there because that could potentially also be one of his weaknesses, and he didn't need that weakness to be exposed, and so even to miss minutes. So he's like, hey, she was an ins to a mean. I'm done with her. Let's go ahead and wipe her mind. But he still put her in a pretty prominent role in the TVA and kept her close. Mm-hmm. And it's also interesting, too, because in the first season, you know, he talks about harnessing the power of Goliath, and you don't see him mention that at all, talking to Ravona or anything mm-hmm. in, in this. So, I mean, it seems like there was probably a lot more going on there than just Goliath and Ravona and everything, and there's probably a lot more to that story that we haven't really seen or, you know, had talked about at all. Like, like Goliath was done after that to protect him from everyone else except it, being in communication with Miss Minutes. Yep, yep, and and he, but I, I seem to remember him saying something like he harnessed the power of Goliath to defeat his variants or something like that in that first season in the Citadel. But I, I was coming to that. that because yeah. I was I was coming to that because I, he did say that he hundred yeah. percent said that. Um, and now obviously Renslayer's in the void mm-hmm. with Goliath. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So well, no, Goliath defeated though. They defeated Goliath, didn't they, in season one? Loki uh, and Sylvie did at the end. Death they got into the Citadel. Did what they? that more of like a distraction though? Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because um, uh, uh, classic Loki, Richard E. Mm-hmm. Grant, Loki. You could That's right. That. Yeah. Didn't he say? So, don't think he's defeated. It, he's it's still there. So I wonder if a Renslayer can harness the power. Maybe she kind of remembers. Maybe she'll 
Do you know what I mean? She's, yeah. she's obviously a big part of that. So is there going to be a way that she can use a life to, you know, harness her life's power to do something for her? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so from the chat back. here. Okay. Sorry, get, sorry, just get her back, maybe. Get her mm-hmm. back to the, you know, the timeline. I don't know. Sorry. Maybe a life will remember her and not eat her. <laughs> And yeah. it'll be one of those things where that's her way out of the void is she uses Elioth because Elioth, she helped harness the power of Elioth or yeah. something like that. Yeah. And, and she rides on the back of Elioth to victory. <laughs> it's the never in a story moment, you know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, from the chat here, Jimmy Cloud, uh, Renslayer is too power hungry for King to keep around with the not with the, not, the knowledge. So yeah, that, that's a very good point too. She, uh-huh. she, she could be too dangerous, you know? And like I said, if another variant got a hold of her, she could be used to exploit her remains. Also, yeah. so yeah, yeah, for sure. We've had some, um, we've had some good, uh, good little theories up on the group. Um, the last sort of couple of days, I, I chucked a chucked a post up there and just asked people what they thought might happen, um, and I just thought I'd uh, just read a couple, couple out here. Um, one from Trip Mason. Um, similar to what we've been saying victor walked into a huge probability storm bigger than the one in ant-man um when he turned into spaghetti he sent his essence into the multiverse creating infinite kangs so there we go that's that kind of idea of victor timely was the first kang and then boom he's got all of his out there now um one from uh one from tim slightly longer um from what we know, the temporal loom is essentially pulling energy from the t- timelines to power the TVA. So with it destroyed, I think that's the, that's the end of the TVA for now. The idea of time loops is definitely a theme in this season. We've been saying that. Uh, so I think this could represent the start of a new loop. Mm-hmm. Uh, this new loop will have timelines that are completely loose and be free to grow as much as they like. I think our heroes will be scattered onto different timelines um, or possibly back to their old lives before the TVA took them living on a branch they would have otherwise created. The trailer footage we haven't seen yet would suggest that Loki starts time slipping again, but I'm not sure why that would happen to just him, or maybe it does happen to all of them. Um, he goes on there to say another couple of bits, but a couple, another good little theory there. Um, somebody asks, I'm wondering what the point of Doc's bomb, bombing the timelines was. Was it just a failed attempt at pruning to save the loom or buy them more time um and as simple uh, and it was as simple as that that's a good good idea i think it probably was to try and save the loom i think docs looks like she really does care about the tva you know she she avoided ren slayers uh you know pass their offer didn't she mm-hmm. yeah and yeah and i and i also think it's really weird that you know we see what happened to loki in this episode like he was pruned by himself and that was what happened in the first episode that had to happen so he could get yanked back out of the loom maybe the thing with victor is like a reverse of that situation where like you know like we saw loki have to be pruned so he could go back and i mean this is kind of like one of those things where maybe victor like you guys said is spread amongst and it's almost like a reverse of that situation which is interesting because we see that situation kind of play out still in this episode so it's kind of just like you know that that loop that keeps rolling forward um but um yeah i i i don't know i'm I'm so confused by this episode because i have no clue where this this goes because i feel like it could go a thousand different ways but confused confused in a good way now See, yeah. I was com- I was confused after um, 
episode two and episode three, but not in a good way. I was kind of confused in a like, I don't really know what's happening, but now I'm like, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> Do you know what? It's different. I, I just, I, I, yeah, I, I've got a different feel about this now. Yeah. Yeah. Good, I, uh, but, but Tim had good stuff on his poster because a lot of stuff you were saying, we start seeing now in the, the, the trailer for the last two episodes. Yeah. Also too, I think it was Tim that might've said, had the question about, uh, the quantum realm. And is there like a quantum realm for every timeline mm -hmm. or one quantum realm? Um, and it looks like it's only a single quantum realm because they ejected the conqueror into the quantum realm. And that's where we saw Scott and, and, uh, Jan and everyone else from that timeline. So it's almost like the quantum realm could be across timelines and it could be that, that singular thing that also could tie them together. Maybe it's like, um, a sub level of the TVA even could be. I almost feel like it's the space between universes. Like oh, it's exactly like what it connects too. all the universes, you know, like it, so you could almost say the quantum realm could be almost like part of the loom, like yeah. part of the sacred timeline almost, yeah. you know, like it's like part of that. So does it, does it feel just, just talking in more generalizations now, does it feel like this episode or this, this show and certainly this last episode has just kind of started pulling this phase together a little I bit. think so. Yeah. It all of a sudden it's just you just started seeing things and you're like, okay, I can kind of see what's happening now. And then this last episode has really started to galvanize this phase. Um mm -hmm. you know, even even the stuff that we've already seen and the stuff that, you know, we're not crazy on. Obviously some of the stuff that's completely outside of this multiversal stuff, you know, She Hulk and Hawkeye. It, that sort of stuff is different but we're starting to see some of these some of these little loose ends coming in a little bit now and we're like okay i could kind of see where this is going and i think this is maybe drumming up some more excitement for for marvel and the mcu than what has been there over the last couple of years i don't know am i am i right on that what do we think i i think so i think this could be the glue to, you know to tie things together especially some of these projects like like moon knight or work by night maybe you know they could be different universes. They could be in the same universe, but different uh, errors, and you know, it could, it could pull things together. I also feel like that we could be heading towards the timeless route uh, storyline, uh, where we might end up with the pirate uh, timeline as well that we don't know about yet, and that's where we have the Doom, the Daniel Richards variant there, and that could be one of the final showdowns. But I also too that we have one of those things also is that. Uh, Loki might end up, you know, doing the whole Avengers Prime, where Loki's the one to assemble the multiversal uh, team to defeat Kang. So I feel like with a couple things here, because I've been going back and rereading like different Kang stories, um, you know, even the the Avengers Prime stuff, and you know, Loki's all over that kind of stuff. So it feels like we could be heading that route by the time we get to we get into Secret Wars, and maybe we might get Doom, and it could be a Kang variant Doom, the Dan Richards style, like like in Timeless too as well. So. You know, it, it seems like it, it's starting to pull things together. I, I kind of want to see more. Like like I said, if we see, um, was it Brad I said, you know, in the asylum in Moon Knight, where they pull him from, I'll lose it. You know, that, that, that that's enough for me right there to say, hey, yeah, we're definitely pulling things together that we thought were just islands on their own. Yeah, I, I almost feel like we're going to probably by the end of this show see the fall of the TVA. It'll collapse. It'll be destroyed. And from that, that's where I feel like we're going to start to see maybe a little bit more of an explanation of like in Quantum Mania when we see that that credit scene of 
the Council of Kings and all the kings out there. I feel like that's like post the fall of the TVA almost. Um, I could be wrong about that, but, but yeah. speaking of that too, remember the whole thing with Scott walking to in the whole feeling. What if at that moment when Scott and and Hope return, they go to a fractured timeline that was fractured because of this, uh -huh. um, because of the series and the whole uh -huh. impending doom feeling is because of that as well. Uh -huh. you, you know what? Um, just talking about time because it, it seems crazy thinking about that because that Ant Ant Man Quantumania was like nine months ago, wasn't it? And I know that the time doesn't have to work like that in movies, but just talking about time and how long how much time has actually passed Renslayer says to Docs she said I've I've she thinks she, I'm paraphrasing I've been gone a matter of days and this place is falling apart you know mm -hmm. so it's only been a couple of days in Renslayer's mind you know but how much has happened like it's been a couple of days since Renslayer walked through that door after saying she's going to find what did she say? Going to find answers or going to find a truth or going to find my destiny or something. She says something to Mobius, doesn't she? And at the end of season one, it's been days, a couple of days. That's it in Renslayer's head. So God knows when this is actually happening. Like you said, it can affect any time. So maybe you're right, Jaren. Maybe it does affect those times. And there's a comment there that also meant that says roughly that sort of same stuff. Yeah. So from the chat here, I have a sneaky feeling that this is the exact moment when the Fox Marvel universe crashes in the Link Deadpool scene, and that could be it too. And that's how they all end up in the void because there's rumors about there's a big fight in the void, and this could be that you know, maybe an incursion, maybe they all this got pruned. It's a fractured timeline. You know, that's a good shout out there. Do you think this is going to cause incursions as well? This is going mm -hmm. this 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 the loom being broken is going to cause yep. incursions. So. This brings us to the Marvels, right? We see that the first trailer we saw Monica at what supposedly the jump point in their studying ants, and then her and Miss Marvel switch, or her and Kamala switch, we see in the trailer. I wonder at some point in the end of the movie, we get back to that point and she touches it. And because of her energy, that transports her to another universe that does have an incursion. And we start to see other characters at that point because there is a rumor going around, there's a huge cameo. Uh, based on the Marvels, that, that that's part of the multiversal stuff too, as well. Mm. Yeah, I'd be interested to see how they link this to the to the multiverse stuff. Um, just talking about incursions, talking about the explosion and the loom. Um, I would have loved to have seen that scene, the the loom explosion on a big screen, on an IMAX screen. Mm -hmm. I mean, that for me was uh, one of those big epic moments, like ep epic scenes that we don't see as often well i haven't seen as often in the mcu big explosion big moment it what well, you could feel the energy from that scene couldn't you as it was happening you was like whoa what's gonna happen and then obviously victor goes and then the looms go in and it was like everything's falling apart and you could feel the energy and i would have loved to have sat in the in a theater and watched that like an imax yeah, yeah that would have been incredible mm -hmm. absolutely yeah, I, I almost feel like with um, this episode coming up, you know, it seems like the, the loom's going to fail, obviously, and it's going to lead to the deterioration of the TVA, and maybe this is what causes, maybe that throws everybody 
into the multiverse. And, you know, I know you mentioned that we see Mobius as a jet ski salesman, supposedly, like in kind of like a little advertisement for the next episode. Maybe that's how Loki ends up there. Maybe like Mobius is thrown there or something. Like maybe everybody goes to their spot on the sacred timeline or something like that, or goes to their, their spot on a branch timeline or something like that. And it, it just, it seems like, Episode four for me was what I thought episode six was going to be, <laughs> which was going to be when the loom finally like blows up and, you know, everything falls apart. But now I'm like so shocked because we got two more episodes and I feel like there's a lot more to come, you know? So, so you know, I've done my big Game of Thrones rewatch and mm -hmm. the, the penultimate episode in the season always tends to have this huge battle, huge moment in it. And then you kind of, spend the next kind of 35 minutes so the first 35 minutes of the last episode just kind of going through the gears and then something huge happens again towards the end i think it's kind of like that's mm -hmm. kind of the ebbs and flows of a show how they do it they kind of keep you interested at this point i've got a feeling this next episode might might yeah, I don't think it's, development. Yeah. yeah, it's not it's not gonna give us what that last one's gonna that gave us, mm -hmm. but I reckon episode six will. Yeah, I it, it, now we're on this come down. It's almost yeah. like we're gonna get all the backstory and all, and all of our, our group of heroes here, and by the end they're all gonna be back together again, like assembled together again. But during the course of the episode, we're kinda gonna get all their backstories, then six they're back together, and that's when we see yeah. you know the the final piece of the season there in episode six with the whole boom finally being destroyed and where things end up and hopefully some kind of cameo leading to Deadpool three, uh, the Marvels, you know, maybe even King dynasty even. So, so just thinking about this and time wise, obviously we've got episode five this Friday or Thursday night, Friday morning. Um, and then episode six is released on the same day as the Marvels. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be, uh, I'm, I'm sort of, unsure what to watch first <laughs> should i watch episode six of loki and then go see the marvels we should watch the marvels then go episode six um I, I i don't know i haven't decided yet but um it'll be interesting to see if there is any play in there there was a rumor out there i don't know whether jaren's got it on his list of news or rumors this week that uh, there might potentially be a kang variant showing up at some stage in the marvels post credits or end credits um something like that but uh i haven't sure. heard of king but the rumor i've heard is is going to be an actor is being brought back that was wasted in a role previously huh. and it's related to x-men so huh. this you know if it's related to x-men i'm not going to say it on here because i don't want to potentially say any spoilers but one person comes to mind if it's x-men okay all right. I'll actually have this conversation in our side chat. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. I'm um, not going to say that because I don't want to spoil it here for anybody. We can, we can talk offline if, okay. if, it, if it's true. Any final thoughts on, I mean, we could talk about it all night, but we've got to kind of wrap it up at some point so we can get some through some news and rumors. But any final thoughts on Loki uh, Season 2 Episode 4? I feel like this is such a, like, pick your poison situation that they're in right now because, like, it's like they want obviously the multiverse to be able to have all these people exist you know when timelines were pruned they were like those rebellions people they were upset about that loss however you know the loom can't take it so if you remove the loom out of the the equation then we end up with all these variants of kang and nathaniel richards and you know it's like one of those things where it's like which one's worse like the multiverse just going nuts and then the 
creation of all these variants of Nathaniel Richards, or we try and like prune everything and we have to like kill billions to try and stop one person almost from, you know, becoming like a threat to everything. And so it's, it's like a pick your poison type situation, you know? Um, and I feel like that's what we're working up to here. And we're going to see at the end of the show, what they, what they end up having to do. And it may not be a choice of, you know, we, there is maybe no return at this point for them. Um, there maybe is no return for say the temporal loom or whatever. It may have gotten too big of an issue and it can't go back now. And yeah. Mm. But at some point we're gonna have to get back to the, that though, because like I said, this is all gonna be a big circle. They're gonna have the multiversal war. They're gonna get back, you know, to that. He remains is gonna end up back in the Citadel at some point. So it seems like we're gonna go through that whole big loop as, as his phase goes through and concludes. My, my or, or maybe big, not. Maybe he's in a one timeline. My big theory here is is this ends up with Loki replacing the he who remains at the very end of all this, like, and Loki becomes like the person sitting at the Citadel at the end of time almost, like after all this stuff with the TVA, after all this stuff with Secret Wars and everything. And I feel like that kind of would put Loki in that position where like, you know, he never really had the throne of Asgard like he wanted, but he got something more important, which was like the throne of the TVA overlooking the timelines to make sure that people like, you know, Kang the Conqueror never come about, basically. Which, speaking of that, we pretty much, I think we've seen all the variants on that one poster except for one. Mm -hmm. King Loki. Mm -hmm. We have not seen him yet in the series. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think you might be somewhere there, right there, Alex. And then Jaren, you said something else that I think is probably correct. We're just going to get one timeline after all of this. Like, and when I say all of this, I mean after Secret Wars. It's mm -hmm. gonna, it's just gonna end up. We're gonna have one stream, and there, all these other streams are going to be pruned, or going to have incursions, or going to be destroyed, or bombed, or whatever you want to call it. And we're going to end up with one stream, one time, and Loki will be looking over that one time to make sure that nothing goes wrong and there's no branches and we've just got one time yep and i mean like loki recognizes now that the tva is it it's it needs to be there as a defense you know like which first season he was like this place is like a monster like how can this exist and now he's like almost like you know we need this we need this to stop you know, uh, Kang the Conqueror or He Who Remains or whoever, like, He Who Remains was right. And even Loki, a god, was terrified of, you know, just a mortal person. So it's like, you know, it's one of those situations where I think Loki almost, like, accepts his role as the head of the throne for the TVA as, like, almost like a surrogate for never having the throne of Asgard. It'd be very fitting because, like, that's a very far more uh, important role, I feel like, to me than being, like, the king of Asgard, being sure. the one who monitors the timelines and makes sure, and that could be his glorious purpose, which is to make sure a Kang the Conqueror never comes about. And speaking of the Conqueror too, I wonder if we get more backstory on the council at some point. Mm -hmm. I wonder if that's going to be maybe Kang Dynasty. I also want to see, you know, you know how did Kang the Conqueror, because we got a little bit of backstory in Quantumania, uh, about the Conqueror, and we saw the Council officially and that kind of stuff, but I wonder if we're going to get any more of that, if that's going to be more in the Kang Dynasty, we see all that, you know, all that piece of that. Also wonder, too, is the Conqueror really dead, you know? Did that really happen? Was it trickery? At the, I still think it was, there's some kind of trickery at the end yeah. of Quantumania. I also think maybe, too, that maybe he ends up becoming the Beyonder at some point. 
I think, Alex, you made a comment. Do you think that Loki could possibly, because of the radiation, become Molecule Man, possibly, in the MCU? Or the surrogate I, I, form? Yeah, I, I don't think that was me who said that. Oh, I mean, okay. I, do, I, I, I could be wrong. Maybe I said that. I, I always come up with random stuff, I feel like, you know. But, like, <laughs> I, I, I don't think I can take credit for that, to be honest. I think that would be very cool. Because, like, you know, it, we've heard that idea pitched about Wanda being, like, the Molecule Man replacement and everything. But, like, this Loki seems special in comparison to all the other ones. And I feel like he has a big role in everything going forward. And for the life of me, I'm just not really, like, ready to give up that I think Loki's gonna die by the end of all this. Like, I feel like, I, I feel like it would be, like, very, like great if they wanted to end tom hiddleston's role and and make him go out like with a bang but i just feel like you know you don't have to you could just put him like away at the end of just, time yeah, yeah and and yeah. and he could just pop out at random times and everybody yeah. would love that and yeah. you know he could he could tom hiddleston could play that role for another 10 or 15 years if he wanted to and yeah. nobody would like bat an eye or be upset about that but you don't have to have him in everything anymore. yeah he'll 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 almost have to make a sacrifice to mm -hmm. sit at, to sit at the end of time to keep the time stream you know to that one timeline going okay and then we won't have to see him again like you said because he he will have to sit at the end of time so they they can get away with not killing him but almost him making this sort of i'm gonna have to go and live here forever yeah there was there was a moment and i think what, the second or third episode where all the branches were were being pruned and they said that they lost like you know several like like tons and tons of branches um where like everybody is like all heartbroken and everything and loki steps forward and i think he puts his hand on mobius and mobius is to his right and to me it felt like it, this is you know very ridiculous but to me it felt like it was foreshadowing almost like loki is like presiding over it and loki's the one in charge mobius is his right hand man and it's like almost like one of those things like i was like i could see this like him being in charge of the tva one day yeah. mobius yeah. being his right hand man and like loki's yeah. the one that has to make the hard calls because he's made the hard calls before and been a part of that so yeah, so where's at sure. least Sylvie, though? Do you think she goes back happy to her timeline in Oklahoma? Or do you think that she's part of that sacrifice where he has to actually, they end up having to battle and he has to defeat her? I I would hope, you know, like we saw in the end of the first season, He Who Remains offered both of them the chance to sit at the end of time and replace him. And I would like to see her not be killed, but I feel like she's going to have that, like, She's going to butt heads with probably Loki again. She seems to be very stubborn and, like, kind of going against, like, you know, whatever um, he wants to do. And it seems like this version of Loki's changed almost a little bit. He's um, he's talking about hope and things, and he's talking about, like, events in the past where he, like, lived and acted through, like, an emotional state rather than, like, a calculated one. And oh, the, whole Thor, like, the whole Thor 1 reference he did with her, too, yeah. Yeah, yeah so. he, he certainly learned his lessons, hasn't he? Yeah, definitely. So I, I feel like with this version of Loki, him meeting her was what changed him. But like, it was almost like he had to meet her to be a changed person. Like Loki had to meet a version of himself to actually change. And that's why like with her, like maybe she changes from meeting him. But I feel like that's what differentiates them from all the other Lokis, except for the ones in the void, which is 
they don't really meet like anybody that changes them deep down unless it's a variant of themselves and then they see how like bullheaded and stubborn they can be sometimes and how they like loki watched himself get killed by thanos you know for hiding the tesseract and like you know like it's it's one of those things where it's like you know he worked with thanos in the first movie to try and take over earth he mentions like you know how bullheaded he was with tony stark he didn't think tactically and stuff like that I feel like this just ends up with Loki being different and being like Loki Prime almost, you yeah. know, like the, the the top Loki almost, yeah. you know. There can only be one. He's the Highlander. <laughs> the Highlander <laughs> Loki. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, right. Should we move on from Loki? Well, no, because I have Loki news. Just start the okay. news off. Let's do um, it. Executive producer Kevin White on episodes five and six. I think that's the beauty of episode five and six. If people liked episode four, I generally think five and six are maybe the two best episodes of the series. They're beautiful and they're profound. They're deeply moving. And we only get there because of the story acceleration. Cool. So that's interesting. Yeah. Um, Marvel Studios assembled the making of Loki season two drops on Disney plus November 29th. Awesome. Um, we have an update on strike negotiations. Um, they are still ongoing <clears throat> via Variety. The studios are worried that if they do not get a deal in the next week to 10 days, they will have to delay more summer blockbusters and scrap the entire 2023 to 2024 scripted TV season. Wow. Talks went well over the weekend and potentially could have a deal this week, though. So. That'd be. Th yeah. That'd be unprecedented completely unprecedented wouldn't it if they had to if they had to scrap a whole season of of television i mean yeah i mean we said last week it's been going on a while now hasn't it yeah and i feel like now we're probably like starting to feel the effects a little bit more like i watch american horror story and they just came out with five episodes of that show and i think there's like two episodes left but those episodes are on hold until all this is over so i don't even know when those episodes are going to come out and you know like it's like in my head it's like wow you know like it's it's almost like a question mark on the release date for those so um i feel like that's going to happen a lot now and a lot of things are going to change you know and this could impact marvel movies you know and make some dates change as well so and speaking of that too i do have an updated um thing here i'll talk about as well as far as release schedule okay. um but the one thing right now the hang up with talks is the ai stuff just like the ai was a big deal and the writers won there's still hangups on the AI stuff for the actors and how they can use that to make sure they don't find any loopholes for the future. But as of today, the upcoming um, Hunger Games prequel, mm -hmm. the Ballad of the whatever of Snakes and Songbirds, <clears throat> they gave them permission to actually promote the film, which is uh, interesting. And so far, that's the only film I've heard of. I'm just like, well, if they're allowing them to promote that, promote that one, why can't they do the Marvels? Why can't they do Aquaman the Lost Kingdom? Mm -hmm. Why can't they do some of these other big films that are coming up, especially the Marvels too? Mm -hmm. You know, I don't, I don't understand that one. So yeah. But, yeah. And I feel like actors promoting films is such a large part of the promotional material yeah. for movies and even TV shows, honestly. Like, mm -hmm. you know, you get you get the, the people that are a big part of the movie, of the show, to go out there and talk about it, talk about, like, what it means to them, what they thought of making it, like, 
how it's like impacted them, yada, 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 you know, and it's, it's really good because it helps like give almost like a more dimensional view mm. of the show and get people more enticed to come and watch this. So I feel like, you know, from all of this right now, I feel like movies and shows are ultimately suffering right now from their marketing perspectives because they can't have their actors go out there and promote it, you know, the, yeah. the, literally the faces of, of the projects. So, yeah, for sure. I think that you, it, you know, people like us will always go and see a Marvel movie. We'll always sit and watch our fandoms, but it's it's the it's the casual viewer, isn't it? It's the people that aren't automatically gonna just go and see these things because they're already a fan. It's the people mm -hmm. that they're trying to bring into these things, um, and that's where it's gonna that's where they're gonna get hurt. Mm -hmm. From the chat here, I feel so bad for Iman Vellani, especially not getting to do any press or the experience. Yeah, because she's just a, a the person you want to hear from, right? Every time she speaks, you know, it's it, it gets up that, that she puts out there, and it's a shame that she's not able to do this for the Marvels. Mm -hmm. Um, I have not read this book, but this is what I was I saw reported. I need to pull this, get this book, and you know, hundred percent confirm this. So just take this with you know what you want to take it for, but. Uh, this has been reported that Kevin Feige on the MCU, um, Canon City in, uh, Canocity, uh, in Marvel uh, Studios, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and Official Timeline Introduction Paragraph. Uh, what was reported, it says that on the multiversal, on the multiverse note, we recognize that there are stories, movies, and series that are conical to the mark to Marvel, but were created by different storytellers during different periods of Marvel's history. The timeline presented in this book is specific to the MCU's sacred timeline through Phase 4. But as we move forward and dive deeper into the multiverse saga, you never know when timelines may just crash or converge. Hint, hint, spoiler alert. And uh. this this is a shot at Deadpool 3 and the Fox stuff. Mm -hmm. So so this book, I, um, I uh, reached out to our, our resident Marvel professor, Mr. Martin Flanagan. And I said, and I said, I just said to Martin, what do you think about this book? And he come back and he said, um, uh, he hadn't actually seen it, but she's a writer. For, the, the lady is a writer for the ringer who I remember getting into. This is what Martin says. Who I remember getting in touch with me, uh, for something once, but being pretty flaky. <laughs> He's almost <laughs> certain that was her. Uh, it has a couple of solid names recommending it like Douglas woke. Uh, it doesn't look like an academic book, like his book was. Uh, so in some ways, not really picking up where their book left off. Um, he said, looks entertaining though. Pretty solid enough for me to order a copy for their library at his university. Um, and he just said, he's had a quick look of a few pages. Looks very behind the scenes about the people, etc. Um, screenwriters, um, which was something we didn't do, nor were interested in. Uh, maybe we'll be a little bit more like the style of Sean Ho applied in the untold story, which he really likes, by the way. So that was Martin's uh, views on it. Might be interesting, actually, um, to once maybe we could have a read or have a little look at some of the pages and try and work a little bit out about it and then maybe get Martin on to um, to discuss definitely. that book. Yeah, definitely. definitely. I know Jimmy Cloud from the group, she has a copy of it, and I was going to ping her about it with everything going on. I didn't have time to, to ping her about that, but I know she has a copy of it, though. So I might have to grab a copy as well. Cause that was like a two-year pre-order, wasn't it? A long yeah. pre-order for that book? Yeah, so it was a long wait yeah. for it. So, But yeah, it sounds like that line from Fog was a direct shot the Fox stuff. And I wonder if that applies anything in Netflix series 
um, as well. But you know, we all know that Daredevil is not connected to the same Daredevil, but they could they could pull stuff in from that Daredevil. So who knows? You know, it, it's kind of funny too because Feige worked on the Fox X, X Men yeah. stuff. So you know, maybe him getting to destroy it if he chooses to do so is kind of like him. You know, just kind of getting a little bit of like I wasn't really happy with some stuff in there, so now I get to just kind of you know just remove it and get rid of it. You know. Well, speaking of that too, there's been some reports that he wasn't happy because he couldn't use those stories and those characters when the MCU started. So mm-hmm. that's speaks right to that point you made there. So. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a release schedule as of 1027. So as of last week, this is December or October 27th. Deadpool has not moved officially. It's been reported, but it has not been moved yet. So it's still on for May 3rd, 2024. Captain America Brave New World is still on, um, for uh, July 26, 2024. The Thunderbolts are still on for... December 20th, 2024 right now. Um, Blade is still there for February 2nd, 2025. Fantastic Four, May 2nd, 2025. There's an untitled Marvel film in February 13th, 2026. Avengers King Dynasty, May 1st, 2026. Um, Untitled Marvel film, July 24th, 2026. Untitled Marvel film, November 6, 2026. And the last one on the list is Secret Wars, May 7, 2027. So you're looking at four films potentially in 2026, three in 24, two in 2025, and one in 2027 right now. 2027, I can't even comprehend yeah. how far away that is. <laughs> and, and another thing, I mean, I know you mentioned Blade, but Blade, they don't even have a finished script for right now, right? Well, yeah. they probably get they're probably back to work on it because the writer's thing is over, so they're probably working on that right now. Okay. I didn't think that Thunderbolts had a finished script either, so I didn't it's, think it did. Yeah, so it's almost like you have to you have to accelerate both Blade and Thunderbolts. At least even Thunderbolts is probably the priority right now. I bet because of the end of next year, you have like basically a year to finish the script, do pre-production, production, and post-production, and market it by next Christmas, pretty mm-hmm. much. So that'd be interesting to see if they can do that or not. But yeah, Blade could still make that date since the strike is over because you pretty much have uh, a year and a quarter pretty much to get that done. So Blade could still happen. My my only fear is is they won't have enough time to try and maintain some of these dates and they'll try and like keep, you know, on a lot of these deadlines and it may impact these projects a little bit. They may not be as, I guess, as good as they wanted them to be. That's my only fear. Uh, from the chat here, I guess this is this is involved to the Marvel book that we're talking about. Scarlet Witch won't de- stay dead, no way. Now the reports on that is that she's the Scarlet Witch stopped herself the the whole um, dark hold, the magic, and all that kind of stuff. It says Scarlet Witch doesn't mean that Wanda Maximoff is dead. The Scarlet but, Witch could be done. But they could still bring back Wanda Maximoff. So, but it also doesn't say she died, and this is how yep. things just get just completely snowball out of control on the internet. Right. It actually says, I think the, the words that they use, it says, brought down Mount Wondergore ending two threats to the multiverse. Yep. That's uh-huh. all it said. It didn't uh-huh. say killing the Scarlet Witch. It didn't say the Scarlet Witch died. And then uh-huh. these stupid little graphics that people get, oh, it says that Scarlet Witch died. No, it didn't. It said that it ended a threat to the multiverse. It didn't uh-huh. say she died. And now somebody might be out of the, because oh, I haven't read the book. Somebody might say, actually, Andy, look, under there it says, and then she died. 
<laughs> but it says, but it says Scarlet Witch. Either way, if if she stopped the threat or she's dead, yeah, Scarlet Witch could be done. But we still have Wanda mm -hmm. Maximoff, so yeah. it's two different things there. Yeah, that's because she was because she was she really become the Scarlet Witch really until Wanda Division. Yeah. So, so they, yeah, they, they choose their words very carefully in these things, you know. Yeah, yeah, and I mean the other thing you got to think about too is is we've seen one of her variants in the MCU now, so like it doesn't even have to be like the six one six Wanda could have died, but eight three eight Wanda's still out there. You know, we could have another Scarlet Witch that comes about. You know, we've seen one timelines Wanda, but there's other ones we we already know there is. So exactly, maybe, maybe we see another one. So. So, uh, back on the schedule stuff, uh, again, Deadpool 3 and Captain America, Brave New World. So, they've only been reported to be moved, but they have not officially been moved yet by the studio. So, most likely that's still going to happen, but it hasn't happened yet. Addressing that one. Um, Deadpool 3, the hope is for Deadpool 3 to resume filming in January if the SAG after strike ends in the coming days. So, if they get a deal this week, we're game on in January again. When Deadpool 3. Awesome. Um, speaking of the untitled films, Thor. Via Daniel RPK, Thor 5 is rumored to be in development with Marvel Studios seeking a new director for the next installment. So we have three untitled Marvel films. That could be one of those slots. Mm -hmm. huh. So a new Thor. Yep. A Thor 5. Mm -hmm. huh. That would be really interesting. <laughs> There's also been chatter about some of the Hulk stuff, too. And so I wonder, I, another one of those three slots, could that be a, a Hulk film? Specifically, a World world a world War Hulk film. Please. Please, Marvel. <laughs> and the third one, I don't know what that's going to be. I have no idea. <laughs> right now. <laughs> I can't think right now what it could be. Um, uh, Daredevil. So we have some big news here. Series has found its new showrunner. So the Punisher's Dario uh, Scar uh, Scardapan, hopefully I'm saying that right, sorry, the producer and writer um, of and Loki Season 2 uh, directors of Episodes 1 and 4, uh, Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead will join as well. Uh, Benson and Moorhead also directed Episodes 2 and 4 of Moon Knight also. Um also, Ditto Born Again is not meant to be a continuation of the events from the Marvel Netflix or from the Netflix shows. But the series will be heavily Punisher focused, which goes along with John Bernthal making his debut back in the MCU. It also seems like there's some White Tiger stuff still going to happen in this that was from the before the scrapped scripts and all that kind of stuff. They're still going to have some White Tiger stuff. So it looks like we're getting White Tiger in the MCU as well. From cool. this. Awesome. Um... Fantastic Four news. Uh, via the Cosmic Circus, the working title is Blue Moon Hinting at a Cosmic Adventure. So, Blue Moon is a couple things, right? So, they kept be exploring part of the moon in this one. Um, we know that the Watcher debuted in Fantastic Four, and that was his home. So, they could be doing something with the Watcher, especially with all this multiversal stuff coming on. And Fantastic Four being... Um, in 2025, before we get the King Dynasty and Secret Wars. Um, the other thing, too, we also know who is on the moon and humans. And Could Steve they Roberts. also still, yeah. <laughs> right, so, but, you know, the, the Inhumans colonize part of the moon also. So, could they be rebooting Inhumans in the MCU to fix that whole terrible mess they made of that TV show? Mm -hmm. But who knows? Because Kamala Khan's now a mutant, not Inhuman anymore. 
why would they bring Inhumans in? The only reason I thought about this is because Inhumans were introduced to Fantastic Four also. Mm-hmm. And you have the whole thing with Johnny and Crystal and that whole storyline there. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's where I thought with possibly Inhumans. In this and film. we had we had Black Bolt in 838. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, I guess Inhumans are... It, maybe, maybe Inhumans will just be mutants, but I mean, we could... They could just, you know, call them Inhumans and, and claim that they, you know, are just mutants, you know, um, and do that and, and just kind of get them back to where they want the Inhumans to originally have been, which was be mutants, but... Yeah. Um, they could just easily do that, and it's just one of those things. I don't really think anybody would get upset about that, you know, like them being called mutants instead of inhumans. Or but that'd be a crime it... if we don't see that black bolt again, or well, at least that yeah. black bolt outfit again. That was perfect. Oh, it was an awesome outfit. It was so Brilliant. awesome. Yeah, it makes you have hope if they could do uh, Medusa properly too. Seen that black yeah. bolt outfit? So yeah, for sure. Um, um, but the, all it reminds me of, sorry, Blue Moon. All it reminds me of is the um, is the working title for Star Wars, which was Blue Harvest, which then Family Guy then used as the title to their spoof, which was hilarious. If you haven't seen it, and then what was the next one called? The next one was called something, something, something Dark Side. <laughs> um, we have rumored cast offers as well too via Daniel RPK. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, Reed Richards, huh? Um, Vanessa Kirby, Sue Storm, Joseph okay. Quinn, Johnny Storm, mm-hmm. Ebon Moss, Bacharach, Ben Grimm. Now, I I was laughing when I saw this because when I saw this posted, I was like, so when Glastic shows up, we we can see Reed said, oh yeah, this is an Avengers level event, <laughs> like he said, <laughs> and Mysterio in uh in Far From Home, so. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, I'm I'm all for it. We we've seen this happen before. We we've seen it with um, Gemma Chan, you know, Chan. Uh-huh. She played um, in Captain Marvel. She played um, oh, uh, what starts with an M? Minerva. 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 Yeah. yeah, yeah. And now she's yeah. Cersei in the in the in the Eternals. So uh-huh. there's been this happened. She's probably the biggest one that's changed roles like that in the MCU. Uh huh. But you know, we've seen it before, so why not? Mysterio is dead, I guess. You know, so. Yeah, I feel like that Joseph Quinn is an interesting casting as Johnny Storm because, like, everybody loved him in Stranger Things, and I really liked him. And after watching him in Stranger Things, like, I put on the group not too long ago that I'd love to see him play Pyro, ironically, like, as a mutant. I thought that would be cool, like, you know, see him play Pyro. But, like, him as Johnny Storm, I think that's, you know, kind of a similar type character. It's not the same, obviously. Human Torch and Pyro are not the same, but, you know... Um, I feel like it's kind of like a hot-headed character, and he could definitely play that role. Um, I think this is a pretty good cast. Um, yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal, I'm just struggling with that one as as Reed Richards. I don't know why, but I could I could see it because he's played some interesting roles. Um, and some of the roles he's played, I, I think he could bring that all together. And it's also being talked about this could be a cosmic adventure too. Uh-huh. Um, so I could see him with that. He he's had he's had some pretty good range in his roles. Uh-huh. Um. You know, from Donnie Darko all the way up until you know playing Mysterio. So, mm-hmm. I think he can he can, he can be Richards. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's going to be a different one than we've seen before. Um, I don't think it's going to be this similar to what we saw with um, uh, Iron Grafford. Yeah, Iron Grafford or um, <laughs> Miles yeah, Teller. It, you know, it might be more of the one uh, we saw in, in uh, Multiverse of Madness style. Maybe, mm-hmm. but I, I, I think, think he can pull it off. I still think after watching uh, Top Gun Maverick, Miles Teller should go and give it another go. 
Yeah. Like now he's become a man. I think he mm-hmm. looks he looks much more like a Reed Richards than he did when he was younger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Fantastic Four is such a hard casting, like you know, to to do all four of them. I mean, I I honestly think this is like one of the most important castings of probably the entire MCU. Um, you know, they haven't really done that well with some of the Fantastic Four movies so far. So they really have to get this right. And I feel like I say this every time, but they really need to get this right, you know. Yeah, but unfortunately, there's still Galactus Talk as the villain and also oh, no. Silver Surfer. So, yeah, I'm just like, you have so many ways you can go up this film. You know, honestly, it's, it's a tease of Galactus, but not a battle with Galactus. I That's fine. You know, mm-hmm. the server can show up, that kind of stuff. That's fine. I'm sorry, the her- not the Silver Surfer. There's going to be a Herald of Galactus, and it might be one of the female Heralds, is, is some oh, of the rumors. Um, so not Silver Surfer. Um, so maybe we get some backstory on Galactus. Maybe we get like a tease of him, but we don't get Galactus full on until later on. And you know, maybe Galactus is the key to beating Kang in the multiverse. You know, as they pull Galactus in, he eats Battle World. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I'm hoping they bring some other villains in from the Fantastic Four because you have all kinds of villains you can pull in before mm-hmm. you get to uh, Galactus. Even if it's just them, you know, like I said, being the villain for most of the movie, Lost in Space style, the maker. And by the end, well, that you know? was, again, that was playing to this whole loop idea, wouldn't it? Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah. I, I almost, I almost feel like I, I know y'all probably seen the first Incredibles movie, but I always feel like the Incredibles are just like the Fantastic Four to me. I mean, they yep. all have pretty similar powers, except for you know, instead of a, a human torch, you have a speedster. But um, you know, just the different people have different powers and yep. whatnot. But um. Yeah, I mean, like, I feel like in that first movie, we had the Underminer, and that's kind of like a shout-out to Mole Man from mm-hmm. Marvel, and I would love to see a Fantastic Four just fight somebody like Mole Man, like, right off the bat. I know it's, like, not, like, a big bad villain that's too crazy, but you know what? Like, start him off with, like, fighting Mole Man in the 60s or something. Yeah, and bring him to Master. The or something. Yeah, yeah, something yeah. like that, you know? So, I just think it would be cool. Yeah, two, two things they, they can't they can't do right away is they can't do Psycho Man. Oh, I'm sorry. They they can do Psycho Man, but they can't do Annihilus yet, because mm-hmm. you uh you need that's a big event for Annihilus to be done. You gotta build. Um, up to and it. you should and you shouldn't do Galactus yet. Those would be two things you you can build up to. Psycho Man, you know, is kind of a, a higher one than like than like Mole Man or um or Pop Master, but you could still do Psycho Man, especially with the tease we got in Quantum Mania about the Subtomica by Janet. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe that's what they're lost at, and they're trying to get out of there. And Psycho Man is the is the threat for the movie. You know, but if they did do, say, Galactus in a Fantastic Four movie with a different Herald, maybe that is the reason why he loses that Herald, and then they could do they a special the presentation where Galactus goes and finds, like, Zen Law, and then Silver Surfer makes the deal, and they do that as, like, a little special presentation. Thing. That one, and, too. Yeah, and then they don't have to do, like, a repeat of that second Fantastic Four movie where... You know, mm. Silver Surfer comes to Earth fighting for Galactus and everything. And people are all getting all upset about you can't change Silver Surfer to a female. I'm like, th- there's been a couple of female heralds, if I remember correctly. Uh, there's been there's the been comics. a ton of heralds. Yeah, yeah. there's been a couple. Yeah, there's been a th- yeah, there's been a quite a few heralds. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, d- I don't think they should change the Silver Surfer to a female, but they they can choose a female herald. Yeah, exactly. There has been female heralds, hasn't there? You, yeah. you know what would be cool though? Cool. Darbin, right? So, so Darbin is the villain of the Marvels. Uh-huh. Yeah. She gets Make defeated, but doesn't hell. die. 
she wants to, you know, they're right now they're calling uh, Carol the Annihilator right now because of her destroying worlds. So mm. what's the ultimate way to come back into the fold where she gets defeated and Galactus finds her and Dar Bin becomes that herald of Galactus for the, uh, yeah. the first one. And, and and doesn't she have some relation to Ronan in this movie or something like that? Isn't that yeah. right? Yeah, okay. she has, she has the hammer and looks like they, they show some. But there's a, we'll talk on the Marvels next too because the new teaser does show some things. But when we saw Ronan in the MCU, he wanted the Power Stone, yep. you know, like in Guardians of the Galaxy. So maybe she could go to Galactus looking for more power. Exactly. And, you know, or she gets defeated, he finds her, and they make a deal, that kind of stuff. But I think mm -hmm. Dark Ben would be a great person. To, I know she's not from the comics as, as a as a herald, but mm -hmm. if they don't kill her in the Marvel, she could slide in as that initial herald. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So Very cool idea. Speaking of the Marvels, uh, have you guys seen the latest teaser I posted? Uh, yes, I believe so. So, they're doing a lot of stuff of playback of in-game Infinity War, some Thanos stuff, mm -hmm. but there's new Thanos dialogue in this in this new teaser. Um, so, and it looks like it's not from any of the movies. Basically, it's like Thanos says, there'll always be someone that would finish my work, right? So, mm -hmm. I wonder if this could be the opening of the Marvels, because it looks like there's another teaser I saw today... That had like a nice little fight scene with Fury and uh, Kamala, Kamala's parents, their house, um, some Kree people, and also um, uh, Captain Marvel as well. And they call it the Annihilator and stuff like that. I wonder if this could be the opening of the Thanos dialogue. Maybe we possibly see that. Maybe did she visit Thanos after Ronan's fall? You know that we saw in the first Guardians. You know, does she have a conversation with Thanos, or is it mostly just him? talking about someone coming after him to finish his work. Um, so, like I said, I wonder if she had a combo with Thanos. Do we see some additional screenshots? Is it just some flashbacks in his voice talking about this? Some stuff left on the, on the cutting room floor that they're going to throw into the Marvels? But it, it does look like they're tying heavily right now in the marketing to past Avengers stuff and past films that featured um, Captain Marvel to help promote this right now since they can't physically promote it with the actors right now. Yeah, and again, like we said last week, there's quite a lot of projects that actually lead into this one. I mean, when you think we've got WandaVision, you've got Miss Marvel, you've got Secret Invasion, you've got the first Captain Marvel movie, you've got Endgame. Um, anything else I'm missing? Well, she showed up in Infinity War too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, so, so, so there's, there's sort of four or five different projects that... that have Multiverse of Madness, can you say that? I mean, that, that technically ties, I guess. Oh, sort of, yeah, yeah, Maria. You know. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good point. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, this this is all kind of yeah tying into this one movie. So there's quite a lot of projects that are sort of riding on this one, I guess, to to, to be a bit of a conclusion for them, maybe, mm -hmm. or I, a, I, at least another step. I still think they they should have called this Captain um, Marvel Two, the Mar or Captain Marvel the Marvels. Mm -hmm. Instead, it's called it the Marvels because that, yeah. like I said, that was a billion dollar franchise. Captain Marvel was. People recognize that name. Build on that, especially right now with the whole strike and you can't physically promote it. That's name recognition, right? People yeah. may not may now may not have watched WandaVision. They may not have watched um, uh, Miss Marvel, so they might not know it. So I that could be a misstep by them. I know overseas in like Asia, it is it's being called Captain Marvel Two, which which should help mm -hmm. with the numbers. But here in the U.S., in the states, or even Europe, it might not help it because they didn't ride the coattails of the original captain marvel film yeah there's no reason i mean you look at um captain america civil war mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. it was 
it, it was it was saying this is what it is. It's about something else, but it is Captain America's movie. And I yep. mean, he only just shaded the uh, uh, most screen time uh, out of all the characters, but um, it was still, you know, his movie as such. But it had another focus, and this could still be her movie, but have a slightly up a different focus. Which makes mm-hmm. you wonder if we get a, a Civil War two, if it's going to be called instead of uh, Captain Marvel Civil oh. War, if it's going to be called that Marvel awesome. Civil yeah. War. That yeah. would be awesome. Yeah. And then, like, um, Kamala could kind of replace that dude, what was his name, Ulysses or whatever from Civil War II? Yeah. That, you know, was, like, kind of the center point of that yep. story. That would be really cool. Have yeah. uh, uh, Monica and Carol on opposite sides and different teams? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Or or they could do Rhodey versus Carol and make Rhodey like the replacement for Tony Stark in that and and it would also be really cool too because then you would have Rhodey who's a former military person and Carol who's a former military person button heads and Rhodey could kind of come to her and be like you know I've sat where you sat Carol we've both been a part of the military like you need to listen to me I'm trying to do this for my reasons and you know she could go against him and obviously obviously but just thinking about that just thinking about that relationship between those two people i mean mm-hmm. firstly firstly they haven't actually met yet mm-hmm. yeah, uh, yeah um, exactly yeah because of the whole school mm-hmm. thing yeah, yeah. scroll yeah and, and secondly he's been a scroll and obviously mm-hmm. she's got a lot of big connections with the scroll so there could be that's a good idea I like but what's, what's weird though and that's the one thing okay so i'm okay with them making him a scroll since civil war mm-hmm. but the one thing that bothers me is the look they shared in uh, in in game in the beginning, mm-hmm. when they're all talking to, to um, Natasha and they kind of that look, I thought that was the point where they're building on that whole relationship from the comics on them too. But now we know since he's a scroll that it probably is not, or maybe you know, yeah. I mean, it hasn't been absolutely guaranteed that that's when he was taken as a scroll at the end of Civil War, has it? We, we've not heard that as a fact yet. But I mean, mm-hmm. we can well, it's it, it's it's yeah. more fact and fiction at this point in time though because of what the producer said. So, mm. well, he said he's been for a long time, as not he? he did yeah. Say, didn't say f- since then but yeah i, I mean oh yeah like... it's right yeah but it's like speculation because of the way he was wearing yeah you're right mm-hmm. um also too if they can't get spider-man in the film because spider-man was a big part in civil war 2 as well they can make a riri as a spider-man character especially with her having been so gotta be so close to roadie now because of what we know of armor wars and Ironheart series coming up and mm-hmm. so yeah so yeah so that's that all the marvel stuff uh we have some news about aquaman oh go ahead can I just say one thing for the Marvels? I love Carol Danvers' new costume. That costume is awesome. And um, Maria's costume. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, that that costume's awesome. I wish Kamala's was the same one as the TV show, because I really like that one a little bit more. But, um, yeah, the costumes in this movie look great, you know? So so the teaser today, it, I'll find it so I can find it again. It was a tweet. Someone shared it. It was like, I don't think Marvel's posted it yet, but someone posted a new scene of the fighting. Kamala has gotten so much better at fighting in this film and using her powers. You see the big fist. You see her using her powers to to make like like a protection shield to slide across stuff. Um, the whole scene with her and Fury, and then switching between her and Carol is actually a pretty cool scene. I'm looking forward to this film. I really am. And correction, so. I meant to say Monica, not Maria. I'm sorry. Oh, Monica. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, my bad. Yeah. So, but um, but yeah, I mean these these costumes look great, and I think like that's one of the things that stood out to me about this movie the most is is like I felt like some of these costumes are some of my favorite costumes I've seen in a long time. So, Aquaman: The Lost Kingdom. Uh, James Wan says it's difficult seeing rumors of extensive reshoots 
when that is not the reality. We probably did seven or eight days of reshoots, which is nothing for a movie of this size. It was just spread out because it's so hard to get your actors back once you finish the initial shoot. Um, the noise is fun to write about and it gets clicks, but people don't know the truth. Um, also, the release date has moved again, but it's only been moved two days. So now it's going to be December 22nd. It was December 20th. That's so weird. They would only move us two days. <laughs> yeah. Strange. <laughs> um, but yeah, Matthew Vaughn, um, he actually had a pitch for Superman, but it got rejected by WB. His pitch was, uh, basically a trilogy involving Zod, Brainiac, and Lex Luthor. He said, our big idea was a twist that Krypton doesn't blow up. It does eventually. The dad was right. He just got his timing wrong. Huh. But again, it was uh, rejected by WB. Brainiac is so overdue. I mean, we need a we need a good Brainiac movie of Superman fighting Brainiac. And oh man, it is just it, we should have had that movie so long ago. And you know, I honestly feel like if we don't get that in some future Superman movie in this new DCU, then you know, we we they need to go ahead and start writing that script right now. Yeah, they they did it in Supergirl and they did it in the Crisis stuff, but it wasn't the you know the same. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Brainiac's such a hard character to do, and you really need a big CGI budget, I feel like, for that character, you know? Um, and you can do so much with Brainiac, and you can tie that all the way back to Krypton and everything. And, yeah, I mean, that's just such a great Superman villain. I would love to see him on the big screen. Uh, invincible news. Um, via Variety, Robert Kirkman says the live-action adaptation of Invincible is still in the script development stage. Huh. <laughs> is that a good or a bad? <laughs> uh, do we need it? Yeah. I I'd mean, watch it. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I'd watch it, but I quite like it as a cartoon. Yeah. I wonder if I... they're going to bring what's-his-name to play the the voices the one dude to play him in live action. Uh, wait, um, are we talking about J.K. Simmons? About yeah, J.K. Simmons, yes. Oh, yeah. JK yeah, I, I mean, he does kind of look like Omni-Man, doesn't he? Yeah. You know? Like, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, it's it's so interesting, though. Like, I feel like it's just like the boys in live action, you know, as gruesome as that cartoon is and the comics. Like, it's just kind of like, a, it, is this going to be on Amazon, I take it, then? Yeah, um, like, like yep. a movie? Like a I'm live surprised. action movie oh, on Amazon? But... I won't be surprised, um, you know, or they do release like they just did with Five Nights at Freddy's, mm. where that was Peacock and theater. So, I mean, they could just put the people on that make the boys on this, and I feel like they would probably do a good job with it. I mean, the boys universe is pretty solid, you know. Um, Gen V's been great, so mm -hmm. like, you know, for for that Don't. alone, you know, they could, they could totally. Gen V, sorry, Gen V is just quality. I absolutely love it. Yeah, uh, we're going to have to do another episode on that one, on this, we uh, are, the recap yeah. of the season. Mm. <laughs> the guy was a puppet at the time, though. <laughs> Brilliant. Carry on. Um, so, yeah, but that's Invincible. Uh, looks like they're going to do a live-action movie. I think the the seasons are going to be coming here pretty soon, next month. So, November, next week, this week. Or is it this week's? Oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah week. it's November this week. Yeah, yes, it's November, not tomorrow, the day after, yeah. The last couple weeks are kind of a blur. Man. <laughs> um, Ghostbusters. Um, the next Ghostbuster film is called Ghostbusters Frozen Empire. And I guess there's already a test screening 
coming happening as well. I didn't know they had the film done for it or anything, but I guess I saw something about one of the usual people saying something about a test screening coming up soon for it also. So I'm like, how'd you guys get the mic? Did they already film all this stuff and had it done already? Yeah. I'm like, between the strike, the, the, the two strikes going on, I was like, how about a test screening already? I mean, where's to where the name of it? There are way too many Ghostbusters movies. I mean, like, I feel like they just never end, you know? Like, there's... How many are they up to now? I feel like there's been probably, what, at least... There's only been, I think, five, four. Well, there's the three from the original ones, right? No, two from the the original ones. Yeah, the remake. Then there was the remake. Yeah, there was that one. Then there was this last one that ties to the original two. That was a third one. So, yeah, there's four. Let's be the fifth one, won't it? Yeah. Let's be the fifth one. I, I actually find Afterlife. Afterlife was actually yeah. Good. I actually like the how it tied everything together. Yeah, the end the end bit as well was was a, a very touching um, tribute to Harold Ramis. Actually, uh, I thought it was really well done. Mm-hmm. I wonder if this Frozen Empire is going to tie into that same one as the first two and the last and uh, Afterlife. Is this going to be the following Afterlife, mm-hmm. or is it going to be a reboot? So. I just, huh. Yeah, reboot, reboot everything, <laughs> reboot everything. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of reboots, uh, last piece of news I have for today is we are getting a Highlander reboot. <laughs> and what? guess who? Yes, we are getting a Highlander reboot. Henry Cavill is aboard to star as a Scottish swordsman. He is huh. going to be McLeod. <laughs> uh, yes, Connor McLeod, Henry Cavill. Need to watch a bit more. Need to go back and watch Highlander again. It's been a long time since I've watched any Highlander, but um, yeah, okay. I thought it was pretty cool though. Like it was in the final film, they crossed over the TV show with the movie series, and they had the two Highlanders from both. And then the one sacrificed himself for the movie one, the the TV one. He sacrificed yeah. himself for the movie one, and then he became the final one. It's like they resurrected him as well a couple times. Yeah, there's all kinds <laughs> of Highlanders. So I used to watch them as a kid. Um, <laughs> Talk, talking about talking about movies and programs that have got too many of them. Um, yeah, do we really need another Highlander? But um, uh, John Wilk filmmaker Chad uh, uh, Stelowski is set to direct it, so maybe we'll get in the style of John Wick, me Highlander type style. Okay, you know. But yeah, Henry. I don't. I don't know if, if I guess. I guess from The Witcher, I guess you could see Henry Cavill as the Highlander. Kind of a typecast there. I yeah, like, you know? yeah. I was gonna say Connor McCloud, you know, but it's gonna be sad. No Sean Connery. I love yeah. Sean Connery's role in the original film. Um, yeah. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, is that a lot? Is that a lot? Is it? That's it. Are we done? That's wow. it. Yeah. Well, um, we spoke for a long time about Loki episode four, but I think it deserved it. I think it was, uh, it was, it needed unpacking in the way we did it. So that was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, looking forward to next week already. Um, we'll have a, another great episode of Loki to talk about. Hopefully Jaren, where can they get us before we go? Yep. If you want to catch us live, uh, you can catch us on Twitter, but we don't see the chat. So make your way over to the Facebook page or one of the Facebook groups, uh, to Trovo to quick or Twitch or YouTube. And also we have the Instagram and threads that we post and TikTok that we post um, clips or things about like our daily dose or our agree or disagree conversations to kind of get people to come join the group for conversations around that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Awesome. Great job. We'll see you next week, guys. Take care. See ya.